I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, pastor, Star Wars fanatic, and writer in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We are on part two of our mistyping deep dive into the Star Wars universe. Episode five, if you will. Now, we all know that episode five is the best of all the episodes. I think it depends on how you look at it. Uh, the right way or the wrong way? The, I guess the, <laughs> the hair that I'm splitting is the real way or the way it's named. Oh. Because the names are dumb. I can't keep track of which episode is which. Really? It doesn't make sense to me. Just uh, just, just get the, the numbering correct in the first place. Yep. Of all things, yeah. it seems like the numbering is correct if you're, what, if you... If you're, if you're exclusively talking about chronological, yeah. yes, the numbering is correct. Mm. That's not how we think about the films, though. It's true. <sighs> it's fine. I'm bitter. Well, it is a great good that since we're going to use the term episode five anyway, yeah. we might as well own it and say All right, let's, this one's going to be incredible. This is going to be the best one. We're going to jump into some fun stuff. Cool. Okay, so after a long reflection... Since our last recording, we are going to remove Han Solo from the land of Thor, mistyping uh, oblivion. What do you call that? It's, uh, it's not heaven or hell. It's limbo. It's lim- yeah. limbo. Purgatory. Purgatory. He was in purgatory. <laughs> um, reread all the Force stuff, and I'm like, okay, I can jive with this. All right. I'll take it. Now, that might happen with some other future characters. But we might have to talk about that in the future. But we may have to talk about that future yeah (laughs) but i like the idea here's and we've talked about this off air but the idea that you have these uh trinity of characters who represent the head heart and gut Mm -hmm. in very famous series yeah star trek has kirk bones and spock and they each kirk is a heart spock is a head bones is a body type and they end up in, encapsulating the personalities and the angles and the drama that takes place when they, when they go through their adventures is the same kind of drama that's taking place inside of all of us. Sure. Between our head, heart, and gut. Yeah. Anyway, so if Solo is a heart type and if uh, Leia is a body type and Luke's a head type. It's a, it's a nice um, combination. It's a nice representation of the struggle of all of us. It's clean. Yeah. Does that work for Marvel? Do we have a... Oh, am I going to lose if I go down this road? I didn't think about this before I said it. I am going to lose because Iron Man would be a heart Uh and Captain America would be a body Uh and Thor would be a head on on our mistyping. Which would make him a seven. Just saying. 
But of course, it, that doesn't apply to all the things. Right, yeah. It may not apply to Harry Potter. Well, we may find out in this summer because we are presently raising money. That's true. For the yeah. Harry Potter deep dive. We are, uh, if you go to Patreon at Around the Circle, you can help sponsor our deep dive into funding the Harry Potter deep dive. You're looking rather... Oh, yeah. If if I'm right, then it does. Oh, it okay. Works. Oh, you did the calculus in your head. See, yeah. I know nothing about the Harry Potter characters. I have just begun yes. reading through the oh, books. Finally, 20 uh, years later. So, not real. So, uh, don't really like Harry's family. That's about all I know. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And That's he's, he's probably going to leave that family at some point in time. You just got to keep... Got to keep reading. Go to school. Just got to keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, But speaking of Star Wars, yep. I got a question for you. Hit me. Now, there was, this is kind of well known now, that uh, Harrison Ford wanted to die in Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, the uh, Han Solo character. Right. Harrison Ford wanted the Han Solo character to die in Return of the Jedi. And obviously... Hansel died in Force Awakens. Right. Now, if you got to put your rewriting hat on and recompose these movies, do mm-hmm. you think it would have been better for Solo to die in Return of the Jedi? I can't imagine how that would have functioned given the tone of Return of the Jedi. I think what would have happened is Leia and Luke wouldn't have been brother and sister. Yeah. I think they would have been the romantic couple that ended up together at the end and that's how things culminate. Yep. But it culminates very differently. I also think that that since those movies were written and released, stories have got gotten more complex mm-hmm. in ways that would have like if those movies had come out now, then we probably could have accomplished that. I don't know that it would have worked. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. To have like one of your lead characters die at the end of such a significant trilogy. I got to think about that. If there's other examples of that happening. Right. Um, Jaws, one of the lead characters dies. That's the only thing that came to my mind. I mean, Terminator. <laughs> Terminator, the... But... Is that in the 80s? T2. Yeah. Is T2 in the 80s? I think it might be early 90s. It okay. might be... It's, it's on that bridge. See? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you really couldn't... <laughs> The darkness of the 90s just had not. Yeah. We were just still overly optimistic in yeah. the 80s, maybe. Joss Whedon wasn't writing yet. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. Who famously kills beloved characters. So we're going to jump back into our mistyping deep dive with the sevens again. Yep. Brings us to one R2-D2. R2-D2. Which is, apparently is spelled A-R-T-O-O. R2, like in the scripts. They don't put oh, the right. R and then the two. They right. <laughs> spell it out. Uh, what do you call that? Phonetically? Yeah. Um, huh. Anyway, I, I got I got R2-D2 as a four. Mm-hmm. TJ's got him as a seven. You want to make the case for R2 as a seven? Uh, he seems like he has that same kind of aggressive energy and is always looking for, like, he's always up for an adventure. Okay, yeah. yeah he's yeah. like, let let without saying the words, it's always this sort of like, let's go. And he doesn't really seem to care what he's told to do. Yeah. I like that. This would, okay. So this brings in a, a, a real interesting piece of R2's character. R2 is a MacGuffin. Uh, MacGuffin is a 
film term for the object of a villain's desire. So the ring of power is a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. This, this comes from uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock has these all over the place. It's the Maltese Falcon is mm-hmm. this thing the villain really wants. And you're like, well, why does the villain want it? You know, and we need to get the thing the villain wants somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ring of power, the Ark of the Covenant is a MacGuffin. Um, the Infinity Stones in the Avengers are MacGuffins. It's, right. These are, they're fine until the villain gets them. Right. Um, and sort of like an, an, an object that is a character in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and well, that's why Lucas is actually brilliant. This is a real turn. He gives the MacGuffin personality. Great. That hasn't been done before. Perfect. The Ark of the Covenant doesn't have any, well, it does have a little bit of personality. It burns Nazi logos off the side of, boxes um it's if the villain gets this then you know things are going to go very badly and so we need to make sure that we get this out of their hands mm-hmm. um or even uh what's a uh, pulp fiction the yeah um, the briefcase the briefcase yep. is the MacGuffin, even though you don't actually know what it's for right but it is a it's something very valuable right. that's moving the uh the characters forward so anyway r2 is that r2 mm-hmm. has the secret plans within right you know, his guts and moving around. And, and so then later he has the map. Right. Yeah. And so and again, serving yeah. as a, well, uh, BB eight becomes a MacGuffin then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, same sort of thing. We're going to put this, we're going to put personality. Are you trying to say that the force awakens is very, 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 very similar to a new hope. Okay. So we haven't talked about this at all, but just as a total side note, this is why Ray was obviously going to be, the new Luke. Right. And Luke's protege. The, right, because or, The Force Awakens is just a modern retelling of A New Hope. It's not just that, but um, it's the desert planet. It's the orphan. It's mm-hmm. her vehicle that she rides. Yeah. This is the thing for me. It's, it's a speeder on its side. Yeah, it's yeah. just on its side. And you're like, it's the same thing. Yep. Of course that's who yep. she is. And apparently the, the song for Ray is just Luke's theme. Same notes, mm-hmm. reorganized. Anyway. R2-D2. Um, but it is a brilliant move, it seems to me. Lucas, giving you need to care about the personality of the MacGuffin. Yeah. And that creates new drama. Mm-hmm. When R2 gets shot at the end of New Hope, that actually is the point where you think, oh, this might go badly. Right, right. Um, at least that's the storytelling goes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's R2 gets shot and then it's the Death Star is clear to fire. The Death Star is clear to fire. Right. And you're like, cause you care about this character. Anyway, um, I had R2 as an eight initially cause no one tells R2 what to do. But the reason that R2 routinely rejects others directions seems to me to be because R2 has a sense of R2's own uniqueness. Sure. I'm the one who, I'm the, the one who's supposed to do this thing mm-hmm. and it doesn't come out of I oh shoot is it an idealism I guess it would be idealistic or a four but it seems to come out of R2's heart I think sure. they, I think that Lucas really wants to elevate the heart of this character sure and if I were to put the intelligence center there I want to say that R2 is a heart type a withdrawn kind of heart type that strikes me as making sense he doesn't seem withdrawn at all though yeah so let's talk about that on stance yeah yeah, how would you go there? Um, I don't. I don't know what to reference. Well, because he doesn't. He doesn't back up. He doesn't step back to process. He doesn't. He doesn't retreat. Like he's he's constantly he's going going he's and even good. pushing the other characters. Yeah, 
sometimes literally. Yeah. Withdraws in Force Awakens. <laughs> no, he withdraws way before Force Awakens. Shuts down. And that And that could be entirely um that it's it's entirely possible that that is more of a stress move or even like a like a true oh. following orders kind of move. Yeah, I could see that being yeah. a, if if we want to make the character go there. Yeah. Let me back up real quick. There's two lines I meant to say early on that have, you know, again, because R2 is, I think R2 only cusses, and so they just bleep everything out. Isn't sure. that how that works? That seems reasonable. C-3PO says in describing R2... But with all we've been through, this little R2 unit has become a bit eccentric. That would fit cleanly with a four description of a four. Or a seven? Uh, a little bit eccentric could be anything, but... Yeah. Eccentricity, I think, and well, at least it matches well. It matches quite <laughs> cleanly, given my theory. Okay. Uh, there's one point where C-3PO yells at him, you're having delusions of grandeur. And there's different expressions of that. Mm-hmm. But the idea that R2 thinks R2 is special seems to me to have that going on. Sure. At the very end of New Hope, when everybody's getting medals, R2's there shaking. Yeah. Because he needs a little attention. Or maybe because he's just so happy. He's so excited. Everybody gives it's him that joy. attention. <laughs> is it about I, I, the attention? I think or... there is something about him wanting to feel special in that moment. That's how I read that scene. I Could understand <laughs> without agreement. <laughs> Descriptions. Okay, so this was one of those where I had to go. Since there's no dialogue, I was like, okay, would this work in terms of descriptions? Uh, fours. Words used to describe fours. Mm-hmm. Original. Different, exciting, lonely, elite, stylish, intuitive, empathetic, imaginative, and tasteful. Strike me as very good descriptions of this droid. There's several of those words that don't work at all. Don't work for you? Yeah. On the flip side, R2 is not typical, boring, routine, off the rack, boorish, or superficial. I agree with all of those. So that would at least be... it's a, a Four is a worthy landing point, potentially. Sure. All right. Yeah. If if we ever had actual words <laughs> from this character, there's some. Man. There's a there's a lot of profanities. Do sevens curse? I'm trying to think of the sevens I know. I don't know that sevens are a real profane personality type. Am I wrong there? I guess it depends on the seven. There's a bunch of sevens out there who are just cussing at the yeah. Their that's radio. true. Yeah, they're <laughs> listening right now and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> The idealism, mm-hmm. frustration would be the same. Yep. Fours and sevens. Yep. So their affect is going to be different. Yeah. Uh, affect for a four is? Emotional response. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Profanities. Uh, we have <laughs> absolutely nothing to say about whether or not his affect is an re- emotional response. Because there's... That seems to me the whole banter between C-3PO and him is just all emotion. That's why those characters work. But that could be entirely coming from C-3PO. C-3PO says... You watch your language. At one point. And Luke says... Hey, sacred island, watch the language. In the new one. That doesn't necessarily mean emotional response, though. It means that he is blurting out profanities. Maybe that's just the way he talks. Could be the way that he talks. It seems emotional. (laughs) In the... Not if uh, he and and this is this is part of the trick is if he's saying that in order to get a response from other people, then 
you might be right. If he's saying it because it's part of the bit that he's doing, or like I I know Sevens who like like that's part of the character that they're playing, you know. I got my terms messed up. I kept thinking I'm I was messing this up. The affect is idealism for a four. Uh, coping style is what right. I'm yes, thinking. That's so, correct. Sorry, go back and yeah. re- <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> just just redo all the words uh, when you're listening to this. Yeah. Affect is coping style. He's an idealistic, frustrated sort if he's a four or a seven. But coping style wise, yeah. fours are going to be emotional response and right. sevens are going to be positive yep. outlook. Yep, yep. How is this a positive outlook character? Uh, because I, it... It seems like he's not really ever, like, when there's a problem, he's just going to, like, go do something. Like, it, it, there's constantly situation. Like, like he falls off the, the X-Wing mm-hmm. in, on Dagobah. R2! And then his little camera pops up. And he just, like, adventurous rolls around the... You be more careful the pond floor whistling to himself yeah there is something about this character that and this is why I had R2 as an 8 originally that nobody tells R2 what to do sure and there's some of that that aggressive there's some um, just he's just going yeah is that aggression I mean it's in the stance sense yeah I mean because you can withdraw for people not telling you what to do Right, in order but to get people not to tell you what to do. But that's like you the the withdrawal there is like it's a very clear step back mm-hmm. in in the sense of I mean that that's the nine move. I'm not going to do the thing that you're telling me to do. Yeah. I, I'm also not going to do the thing that I'm going to do anyway right in front of you. Mm. Yeah. I will go along with whatever you're saying right up until you aren't looking anymore. And you're saying that's what a seven would do? No, that's that's the withdrawal. But you don't that's think, the nine move. But but you don't think that's what this character is doing? No. No, I think he's he's actively doing whatever he wants. Yeah. And All that's the time. A, and that's a seven move. Mm-hmm. That's so th- that's the aggression stance. Okay, so he is aggressively he is aggressively gaining security by doing what he wants. Yeah. We're not interested in the hyperdrive on the Millennium Fork and its face. Just open the door, you stupid lump. He's interested in the you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is an empire. Yeah. <laughs> C three PO's yelling Just yeah. open the door. C three PO's like yelling but, to try and get the point across and R two just goes and fixes the yeah. hyperdrive. He's he's finding security where he knows he can find it. Mm-hmm. And so he's aggressively pushing into that space. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some, that are, nobody tells R2 what to do. It ends up being a thing. Like mm-hmm. how you answer that question, I think is interesting. Okay. Well, we'll come to that with the typing in the sacred Enneagram. Last thing though, I looked up R2D2 is, uh, ranked by Amazon as the best movie robot of all time. They did a poll. Easy. Uh, in the Clone Wars uh, cartoon, which you need mm-hmm. to see, he's a spy for most of it. Like okay. he, cha- they change his character to that kind of character. It's, okay. a, it's a real interesting way to go, which actually would go towards the head type side of things. I think maybe, um, or 
maybe he's an observant artist. <laughs> there is there is a theory that uh, all of Star Wars is told through R two D two, which is not an unreasonable theory. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously he's not in all the places where all the story is happening, but I, that's kind of yeah. that's worthwhile. If you never know what he says anyway, does he does he get his mind erased like C three PO does at There's the end of Sith? nothing to indication in, yeah. indicate that. Boom. Lastly is a. Uh, they R2. specifically say to erase C-3PO's memory. Yeah. They do not say. Oh, do they not say it about R2? Oh, see, that, there we go. R2-D2 is also uh, George Lucas. Uh, it was his favorite character. Sure. Um, worthwhile. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to go to the book. Okay. And we're going with uh, fours versus sevens in the typing guide at the back of the sacred Enneagram. Fours are idealistic. Sevens are materialistic. He clearly is wearing bling. <laughs> well, and he has all of the tools. You can just go ahead and say he's idealistic. That's okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to argue between those two things. Introverted or extroverted? Extroverted. I think he's an introverted character there. Moody or jovial? Jovial. He's cussing all the time, man. That <laughs> does not mean moody. I think he's... he's it doesn't mean he's sad. He strikes me as more moody than jovial. Uh, can be jovial, but uh, moody strikes me as right. Loner versus outgoing. I could argue both ways. I, I, I would lean also. towards outgoing. He's totally content to go off on his own at the beginning of New Hope. Yep. But that could be the adventure side. Right. He has a mission. But he does, but there is a, I'm going to do this myself. Mm-hmm. It, twice. He does that twice. He leaves right. C-3PO and then he leaves Luke. Because um, it's going on the mission, the adventure versus loner. But loner, I mean, loner comes out there. Sensitive versus insensitive. Insensitive. Really? Yeah. I guess I can't think of any place that he's caring for people <laughs> aside from fixing everything. Right. I mean, he's aware of his friends there. Insensitive. I gotta think on that one. So, like, like the the one thing that I could point to about this is that in in the battle on Geonosis. Okay. Uh, he goes and and gets C-3PO's head. Artu, what are you doing here? And drags it back to C-3PO's body. What are you doing? Oh, stop that. You're going to strain something. My head. But he doesn't do it in a kind way. Absolutely not. <laughs> now, where are you taking me? This is such a drag. That might just be part of their... Maybe he's a sexual four and he just part of their comes, comes across as angry. <laughs> he doesn't come across as angry, though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> focuses on beauty versus focuses on novelty. I'd say novelty. Yeah, I've, I don't know. I don't know what he's focused on. <laughs> Impractical versus practical. Practical. He's totally practical. Yeah. Prefers fantasy. Prefers reality. Yeah, I'm losing now. Well, in that one, I don't even. I don't know that we can point to anything for that one. He doesn't seem like a fantasy focus. Maybe he's no, but. Eh. All right. Uh, melancholy, gluttonous. Oh, I don't know. There's a dark side, I think, to that character. It, uh, yeah, this is another one that throughout like, all of this is like, yeah. there's so much about the fact that he's a freaking robot. Yeah. <laughs> Droid. Droid. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Droids have souls. I think that's how that works. Do they? Do they, they do. 
Droids? Do they? You don't think droids have souls? And they're robots. Okay, we need to stop the typing. <laughs> and the t- <laughs> they're not robots. They're droids. Which is a Star Wars word for robot. With a soul. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is what makes me not a fanatic. <laughs> there, there is a. Uh, I don't know. The, is he a pain avoider? I mean, just the the most basic uh, on sevens. He doesn't seem like a pain avoider to me. I don't know what causes him pain. He's got soul. Well, they torture robots or droids. Sorry, in uh, in some of the movies. That's true. He gets shot in the head and screams. <laughs> When he's watching the the trash can droid get its feet burnt, yeah, in Jabba's palace, yeah, like that's that's one serious moment of like him clearly being upset. It's C three PO that's watching that, but that's how the droid pain thing works. Like droid C three PO is yeah, terrified right. all the time because C three PO can experience death, can experience pain, but even so. Well, that see, he's not even in the picture there. He's withdrawn at that point in yeah. time. <laughs> no, he's just already got a job. Uh, lastly, uh, indulges pain, flees from pain. I, I, same problem we're having, but I yeah. would lean towards fleas. Okay. So we're going to have Thor, Han Solo, and R2 are just hanging <laughs> out at a bar <laughs> in no man's land. Eventually uh, we'll get nine of them. If somebody's to put the thumb on the scale, one Christopher Hurits also thinks R2-D2 is a seven. So he's super wrong about almost everything else. So (laughs) love you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brings us to the eights. And we got an eight. We got one Jabba the Hutt as an eight on TJ's list. I put Jabba as a nine partially because I had no nines and this was the best I could do. And I wanted to go around the circle. I think that's why I chose him as an eight. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> well, there you go. We're both inclined toward the other number, but right. arguing four. Uh, so I'm going to, I'll start with the nine. Both uh, eights and nines are going to be in the body triad. Mm-hmm. Control anger issues. Yep. That seems to be clear central right to up those. front. Yep. The sin of nines struggling with sloth. Mm-hmm. Sins of eight struggling with lust. Yep. Both those seem real prominent yep. in this character. Um, you got a woman in a skimpy dress chained to your yeah. bed. Yeah. Uh, and you're also a big fat slug. Right. These both. <laughs> There's um, so, so lust for the eight. And like, I highly recommend if you're curious about this to go back and listen to our episode about the sins. Uh, but lust is not necessarily about sexual lust. It's about it, it, it's a it's a passion for visceral experience. Yes, yeah. want some intensity. Yeah, that might likewise be chaining a woman to your yep. bed is an yep. intensity yeah. of experience as well. Yeah. Uh, I will not give up my favorite decoration. Solo. I like Captain Solo where he is. Yeah. Also strikes me as an eight nine kind of thing. Yep. Could be either one. Likes yeah. his house a certain way. Yep. Don't mess with my stuff. Yep. And also This is a trophy yeah. of someone who has wronged me. 
Ooh, talk about that. Well, like that that idea of betrayal. Okay, yeah, it's a there's a vengeance element yeah. to somebody who's betrayed you. Yep, and again, it's both. Yeah, it's a both hand. Yeah, uh, stances, however, are, is going to be where there's a big separation. Yeah, so there's a withdrawal on the nines. Nines withdrawal for control, and eights are aggressive about control. And I bet you both of these could be argued for as well. We don't have as much exposure to withdrawal. To to him he, showcasing he withdrawal. He out in the middle of nowhere in but a that's, cave. That's that's where the huts live. <laughs> they, they withdraw. The huts are in charge of that system. <laughs> they are on the outer rim. Yeah. On uh, they're on Tatooine, so it's on the planet that if if there's a bright center of the universe, is the planet that's farthest from. Right. right. Apparently, has chosen. He there is, is a sense of yeah. Lots okay. Of, lots okay. of okay. All right. <laughs> I stand corrected. Both things can be argued for. <laughs> Very aware of debts. Yeah. This was the thing that I wanted to talk to you about. That strikes me as both a past-oriented side and a future-oriented side. Mm-hmm. It's past because this is what people have done to me in the past or owe me from the past, but it's mm-hmm. also I need to have enough for the future. Right. Uh, and money, we, we should do money sometime as we go around the circle with yeah, how, sure. the, how the types wrestle with I think that's a great finance. idea. Finance. I bet a whole bunch of people just perked up. Yeah. Said, yeah. <laughs> so the nine, how do you, nines and thinking about money and thinking about this person owes me, mm-hmm. does that come out in Java's character? I would say there's a, there's a sort of, sentimentality represented there um but it also would be sort of like a scorecard with less feeling attached to it Mm -hmm. it's like this person has wronged me and i will hold on to that forever Mm -hmm. but there's not necessarily vengeance represented there it's 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 that stubbornness and and because nines are so boundaried both interior and exterior like we're trying to maintain a certain level of peace and therefore we we are very strong about how we put up boundaries against other people but we don't necessarily say you are not allowed in anymore there's a there's a sense of like holding on to debts in that way is going to be very controlling in an in a passive aggressive kind of way yeah He's aggressive with his debt collection. Right. He's sending out But that's killers. also, like, that's that's his job. Okay, yeah. Oh, I see, sure. So. Well, on that side, the maintaining a level of peace by establishing boundaries is how his throne room is set up. Right. He has a trapdoor in which there is a very large monster that will eat right. people right. who upset the feng shui. Right. <laughs> and, and he doesn't have to perform the act of aggression in that way yes he just gets to watch yeah he just gets to watch he hits the button yeah and then the monster performs the aggression (laughs) (laughs) i love that you're arguing for the night because i'm more inclined to argue for the eight again (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna throw you in a in a pit where you're gonna suffer for a thousand Mm -hmm. years strikes me as a fairly lustful vengeful yeah oh yeah sort of move Yeah, that's all about vengeance (laughs) okay so but it's also like like I think about this a lot in the sense uh, if I hadn't had some sort of encounter that encouraged me to develop morality <laughs> like <laughs> I I can easily think about how 
how destructive I could be mm-hmm. if I went wasn't like if if I went to a place like yeah like I could easily imagine myself as a Colombian drug lord type of person if you went sociopathic yeah then this is what that might look yeah. like if something ever broke me yeah I could easily see myself being a Java type ah. There you go. We're going to talk about villains someday. Yeah. On how the types express themselves in villainous ways. Right. But the uh, there it is. So my best whiz bang argument for the nines is the coping style. Because when somebody's holding a bomb mm-hmm. in your office and everybody freaks out because he's holding a thermal detonator. <laughs> <laughs> You laugh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> You're my kind of scum. Yeah. Is that a nine move? Uh, I could also, I I could see seven, eight, or nine. Yeah. Doing that. See, I could also. Yeah. But I like the positive spin side of this, where it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still, in, I'm maintaining control mm-hmm. by laughing this off. Yeah. I'm not being. There, there is not a shoot him down dead right now in front of me. Right. Uh, that goes on right there. Right. Um, or, I don't know, some uh, sort of other. There You're going to wonder anger. like how powerful a thermal detonator is mm-hmm. because that bounty hunter <laughs> is standing over the cage for the Rancor. Yeah. There, there may be some thermal detonators in uh, uh, recent films. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you will you will find out. Good, but it's true. I mean, it's enough. To, it's a hand grenade. It's uh, is essentially I think the idea there. But yeah. So why not just drop him into the into the pit? Into the pit. Yeah. Maybe he was, wasn't standing in the right spot just yet. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> affect does Jabba shut down emotions to get control, or does Jabba attach to things that give him control? I feel like he attaches. Come on. Yeah. Like like the um his second in command. Mm-hmm. The guy with the, the worm head. Yep. Um, I don't know that character's name, but yeah. Wormhead. That yeah. works. Wormhead. Um the sort of creature comforts that he yep. surrounds himself with. That's the thing I think that's a good phrase for a nine. Right. There's creature comforts all right. around him. Yeah. He attaches to things until they disappoint him and then he throws them in a pit where they get eaten. Right. And that, so there's a dancer that's not dancing correctly. Drop her in a pit. Yeah. So I'm attaching to you when you give me the thing I want. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't, then I'm going to detach. Right. Bang. That attachment side, I mean, just the physical representation of having a woman chained to your bed. It's like a very unhealthy yeah. image of attaching for control. Mm-hmm. Um, when Luke comes in, Luke is actually formidable. And this is, I, I think, the interesting part for his character, for uh, Jabba's character, that Jabba is formidable. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be an easy move, play. You know, Luke's not going to get what he wants very easily in this situation. This is a person who has experience, who is part of the seedy underbelly of the galaxy. Yeah. Luke has just enough <laughs> knowledge and power to get himself in real trouble. Riso and Hudson say of nines that nines are afraid that others will demand responses from them that may arouse anxiety and ruin their inner peace. And that seems to me to be what happens when Luke steps Mm. into the room. Sure. 
and the reaction of Jabba to Luke is very different from, here's a bounty hunter that has a bomb. Mm-hmm. I can handle that. I know how this works. Right. Jedi Knight walks in this different. Right. And the inner piece is upset. Yeah, sure. And that was when uh, Luke says, I need you to change something about your office and take that piece of art down. There will be no bargain. Right. Right. <laughs> doesn't like change. And I suppose that would be my other big argument for him as a nine. Doesn't want, this is how I wanted things. This is how they're going to stay. Right. Well, and the eight response there, I feel like would be a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, like yeah. we need to deal with this guy to put him in his place. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him, like, if it does, there's a, there was a list. We'll do this when we do the villains. I wrote it down somewhere. The nine villain is real interesting Mm -hmm. in that very, it's controlling from that very withdrawn state. And you just don't see that villain very often. Right. Um, I have a couple there written down that I'm really excited to talk about, actually. But that's a, that's a place for, you know, creativity you yeah. you don't see that villain very often eight it's thanos is an eight yeah and you see and you see the eight villain all the time because right. they're aggressively right trying to control something yep but the withdrawn control that's different mm-hmm. um i don't want to ups- i don't want to i want to show my hand on this i want to talk so badly about some folks that come to mind but <laughs> so you're going with the nine you, I'll, you, I'll go with nine come on yeah. all right so we got jabba is a nine i did not think that was going to happen uh we had one other nine that was on your list, which is one Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, make a case for some, uh, some Qui-Gon. So with Qui-Gon, um, my, my central argument is that, that he seems to be more withdrawn until he needs to step up. Okay. And, and there's, there's a certain sense of that, that passive-aggressive, I'm going to... I'm going to nod when you tell me to do something, but then I'm going to do whatever I think is right mm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that seems apparent throughout his movement in the story. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I have, by the way, I have Qui-Gon as a one. So again, we're going to be debating on one of the lines. Uh, these characters uh, strikes me as a intuitive body type. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of trust your feelings sort of language that mm-hmm. he's giving to Anakin. Right. And I think that's his own experience of the force. This is how the force works. You need to trust your feelings. Right. Um, it's not like Yoda who's yelling concentrate or mm-hmm. something. Well, we, we typed Yoda as a nine also, didn't we? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe there's a five argument there. Um, or a seven argument. Didn't think about that. <laughs> well, we won't re, uh, relitigate that. Um, I had the stance being exhibited in his thinking repression. It seems like he has a hard time getting to the thing initially, but once he gets there, then he solidifies with his thinking. So um, Anakin's mom, Shmi? Shmi. Can you help him? I don't know. I didn't actually come here to free slaves. He's not. He's going to process. He's going to deliberate. Mm-hmm. on that um and there's a point where he says there is something else behind all this your highness there's no logic in the federation's move here my feelings tell me they will destroy you he's he's having a hard time getting there he's he's confused by some of the situations and i think that just comes out as i'm 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 chalking that up to thinking repression sure but um yeah 
Any thoughts on that? Again, I understand why you're saying that. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, you see him as withdrawn mm-hmm. and not reactive. Yeah. And and withdrawn, not understanding what's going on, like like that that idea of why you're arguing for thinking repression, I think is is just not having all of the information yet. Yeah. I suppose that's the best I can do with stance. It was hard for me yeah. to get his stance. His coping style and affect, I think, are a lot more clear. He seems to have, especially when talking to other Jedis, a very, this is the right way to do things. Or with Padme, he says, that, you know, we're going to do it. This is the right way mm-hmm. to do things. So there's one, he's having a conversation with the Jedi Council. He's talking about Anakin. He says, He is the chosen one. You must see it. Hmm clouded this boy's future is. And then Qui-Gon, like a one in my mind, says, I will train him then. I take Anakin as my Padawan learner. Because I know what the right thing is and I will do it myself. That's a, That feels like a very one-ish kind of move. I would also argue nine for that. Ooh, um, because yeah, it. it's it's, I understand that you don't agree with this and I'll take full responsibility for it. Okay. Um, and, and in, in this sort of peacekeeping kind of way. Mm. It's like, I, I will not force you to do this. I will take, I will take it on fully. See, attaching for control there? Because that would be his affect. He's going to mm. attach for control, whereas I have him as an idealist in that situation. Sure. I don't know that I can make an argument for attaching there. The, he doesn't seem to me to get easily frustrated, even with Jar Jar doing Jar Jar. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Obi-Wan comes to him at one point and says, Do not defy the council master, not again. Apparently this is a pattern. I shall do what I must, Obi-Wan. Finding him was the will of the Force. I have no doubt of that. Feels like a one-ish kind of thing. Is that a nine-ish kind of statement? Uh I would wonder how he would say that to the council. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like nines don't think about what's right and wrong. Right, right. There's always a bigger fish. That's my, this is my last argument. He's, <laughs> he's guided by principle. <laughs> he has some mantras that he's going to press into. He med- oh, Here's a scene. Very end, right before he dies. Mm-hmm. There's a wall that goes up between him and Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. He decides to meditate. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Is there any? Are there any clues there? I think whatever we could argue there is real thin. Okay, but there's there is a certain sense of shoring up the energy in preparation for the battle that's coming. I like that. That's uh, so I, that's a better answer than I had. I was like, on the one side, it's like this is what you're supposed to do. In when you're a holy man, this is what you do in times of conflict and uncertainty. You're going to calm yourself down. You're going to get your body centered so that you can then do things well moving forward. I like the idea of energy, though. Mm-hmm. It's going to conserve some energy. Yeah. Nines and ones in terms of the Hurits book. Uh, ones are driven. Nines are more relaxed. He seems a lot more relaxed. I see him as a driven character. <laughs> focused on principle, focused on harmony. I would say harmony. Bigger fish, man. Take, <laughs> takes on conflict, avoids conflict. I could go both ways. The fight with him and Maul, he pretty much, he's stepping into that sucker. Also, that's his job. Eh, well, he's picking he's picking a job that apparently requires some conflict. Or maybe that he's we don't know his backstory. 
We don't know how he got there. He, got, he was a three-year-old picked out because he had a high metachlorian level. Sometimes <laughs> you have to enter into conflict. It's true. Works too much, loves a break. No argument there. <laughs> oh, I f- actually... Qui-Gon's I feel working like for the weekend. He That's would like... not have taken that much time on Tatooine. Oh, there you go. I like that. Yeah. Uh, moody or anxious? No response. I, I think he's totally moody. Like, there's an underlying thing. I don't see him as anxious. Or nine's I anxious? I don't see him as moody either. Yeah, because we go to six and stress. Oh, there you go. It's the stress side. Uh, fights for beliefs, hides beliefs. Okay, that's that's a whiz bang. On that <laughs> side. I'm sorry. You can, you can go ahead and just I'm trying to that figure one. out how to. <laughs> yeah. Tense or laid back? Laid back. I do think he's laid back. See, I, I can be honest. <laughs> Assertive or withdrawn? Both. It's one of those things with a lot of these characters that are mature, mm-hmm. older, holy men. Yeah. You know, of course they're going to have some, you know, some depth and yeah, they're mature. Right. So uh, some of their type has been over, the negative size of their type has been overcome. Right. Critical or accepting? Both. Uh, persuades or mediates? Ooh. Can you name a mediation situation? Because he seems to be arguing with Padme and the council a lot. Sure. And with the with the the slave trader, slave I think owner. It, in a lot of his one on one, nah, I I can't make a case for mediates. Boom! Diligent, unmotivated. Diligent. Train the boy. Yeah. All right, there it is. All right, I'll give you this one. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Give it to uh, me. That's a that's called a win, my friend. <laughs> uh, I may lose this next one though. I'm real interested in this one. And that would be one Chewbacca. This is the last nine that we're going to discuss. Now, I had said this earlier. A lot of the characters that are built on Chewbacca, like Groot, um, end up being nines. Right. And um, But I'm going to make the case that Chewbacca is a two- Mostly because I think that he, that, and now here's one thing to say before we jump into this. Twos and nines mm-hmm. are probably the most, in our experience, the most mistyped. Yeah. Or at least the, it's, this is one of the harder, more difficult uh, places to type. So if you're, you yourself are a two, or think you might be a two, you might be a nine, you're in yeah, good the, company. <laughs> the, the outward expression of these two types is very, very, very similar. Do we have a two nine? In Avengers? I want to say we did, and I can't remember who it was. I believe you, but I don't remember. That was so long ago. Come on. It was at least three months. <laughs> we have a good friend who has a PhD in psychology who is consistently going back and forth between two and nine, right. very aware of her inner life, right. and yet has a hard time typing here, right. and that just might be how it, how it goes. So yep. love the challenge of typing Chewbacca. Uh, seems to me. Some things about twos that are exemplified in this character is that twos need merging. They are warm. They want to be loved, focused on others, emotionally expressive, sure of self. Those are all things that I would say are part of this character's um, personality. Mm -hmm. Could be true of nines as well. Yep. All of those things are true of nines. All of them? Uh, Some of them aren't actually true of twos. (laughs) (laughs) What? Self-assured? Sure. No, they're not self-assured at all. They have no idea what they want. I got this from a list from a reputable book, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't remember where I got this from now. 
Um, yeah, why did they put sure of self in this yeah, list? That's not accurate. I'm, uh, I'm going to find the people that messed up my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, intelligence Center. Is this a body triad or a heart triad type of person? He seems like body. He Tell seems action, action forward. He's, he's the muscle. Yeah. There is a scene in, shoot, is it Last Jedi? No, it's uh, Force Awakens where he gets he gets shot. Yeah, and then he's being he's being attended to by a nurse. Yeah, yeah, and he's telling her the story, and she says, "That sounds very scary. You must be so brave." And he's like, "Well, you know, I mean, you know. sure." And there's something about that where I think Chewie wants some attention. Yeah, and that nurse is giving him some attention. Sure. That was my best intelligence center <laughs> argument. <laughs> but I like the idea. I mean, obviously, his physicality screams body type mm-hmm. in terms of what they're trying to communicate with the appearance of the character. Right. But you must be so brave. <laughs> <laughs> the, just because we don't want attention all the time doesn't mean we don't want attention sometimes. My best arguments are going to come from stance. Okay. Seems like a reactive character because Chewie walks into the room and he's a I'm here to help kind of personality, specifically with people that Chewie wants the attention of. Chewie needs to be needed by a handful of characters. Mm -hmm. This can be true of nines, though, in a different kind of way. Right. So uh, nines, we represent that really well as well in certain scenarios, Um, like that that desire to be helpful. it is often the case that that we will come alongside and and almost aggressively do the things to be helpful to other people. Mm-hmm. One of the big things there is that that we aren't necessarily automatic in all situations where twos are going to intentionally assert themselves to say I can do the thing that you need. It's often the case that nines don't recognize that we're the one that's going that can be helpful in this situation. Mm. He seems to be the I'm out being helpful. The first time we meet him, he's in the bar looking to find jobs for the withdrawn Han Solo in the corner, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um the, <laughs> the two the the I'm helpful and don't take advantage of me comes across. There's he's serving as a decoy in New Hope with the handcuffs. Mm-hmm. But don't take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get mad about that. Uh, he serves as the decoy on Hoth, gets the attention of the probe droid who's shooting at him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's the serving as a decoy in Return of the Jedi when uh, Leia is selling him to Jabba. Mm -hmm. How can I help? Well, you could be a decoy. (laughs) There is pulling him into those spaces. Yeah. That seems to me to not be how nines function. Sure. Well, it's also the case that um, like he is so when Solo meets him, and this is this is from the movie Solo. We find out that at that time, which was mm-hmm. sixty years ago, mm-hmm. Chewie was what one hundred ninety years old. Yeah, um, I didn't think about this. Yeah. I know where you're going. Go. Yeah. yeah, so he he is very old. He is. Victim of trauma. Victim of trauma. He's, he's been a slave, and he's seen his family executed. His him. his race. Yeah. Like, he's he's one of the last Wookiees. Yeah. Um, and he is widely regarded as one of the more uh, 
uh, one of the most strong characters. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have like powers, but but just his physical presence, he is very 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 strong and yeah. to be feared because of his strength. Yeah, it's not wise to upset a Wookiee. Right. <laughs> he made a fair move. Screaming about it can't help you. I don't have it. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. It's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookies are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. So there's a there's a certain sense of like thinking about him as a decoy. To me, seems more like he is comfortable playing a role that he is particularly suited for oh i like that yeah okay yeah if you want to spin it towards nines that's how it would work from his motivation is if he's a nine that's how the motivation would play itself out in those scenes right boom but also notice how upset he gets when people try to make him do something he doesn't want to do that strikes me as both sides this is again a two nine thing where i could see both of them because i could see twos yelling don't take advantage of me at some at these points especially if they're aware right yeah i i think it would be a particularly healthy two like a like and not saying that chewbacca isn't particularly healthy but but there's a a certain sense of of two-ness that don't take advantage of me doesn't come out up front like that is a that will be a a reaction well past the point of being taken advantage of yeah so in nines would do it more immediately and not in a in a super passive aggressive way and like like this is where i see chewbacca's his strength being represented it's like when he yells at luke who's trying to put the handcuffs on him Mm mm-hmm it's like, hey, whoa, hey, what are you doing to me right now? Mm-hmm. Like the the two-ness, I, I feel like would be better represented by, by being less controlling in that moment. Yeah. And more like, how can I help? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. I have, moving forward on that, when we get to coping styles, both of them are, are positive outlook. Yeah. Twos and nines. There's a point where C-3PO gets blown apart in Empire. (laughs) Chewbacca is looking for Mm C-3PO. That seems to me to be a more reactive, there's something wrong here, I'm going to go fix it. But when Leia says, Chewie, you think you can repair him? And Chewie kind of hoes and hums and then says, yeah, I can fix him. That seems more nine-ish. So the searching for 3PO seems more two-ish to me. The fixing C-3PO, of all things, seems more nine-ish because it's, she's saying, I want you to come out of your, your space into this common space and, and do the thing for all of us. Sure. You know what I mean there? Yeah. I think that's a big part of his character in that movie, at least, is mm-hmm. his, obviously, he's wearing the backpack with, with the droid on the back of it. Right. And his posture towards, he doesn't like C-3PO. <laughs> Nobody's like it. Right. Uh, but engaging C-3, why is Chewbacca engaging, searching for and fixing C-3PO? I imagine his the motives of that character come out there. Sure. Do you see anything there? I could go nine or two with that. Yeah. Um, the, the intentionally searching for the lost person Two would be more directed specifically at 3PO. 
nine more directed at the idea of keeping the group together. Yep. Like there's there's a there's a piece, a sense of peace there about like he's part of our crew. We need to go find him. Mm-hmm. Um. I yeah. I I could go either way on that one. It's again the case when we get to affect. It's the same for me. Is he attaching to things that give him control? For example, the Falcon. For example, his relationship with Solo. Mm-hmm. Or is he repressing inner desires in order to get the affection he wants? Because when when he gets affection, it's a big deal. So Luke says goodbye to him at the beginning of Empire, mm-hmm. and he gets very affectionate. Right. It's as though he has shut that part of himself down for so long. But when care is shown, then it's just like warmth right. comes forth. Um, that strikes me as more two-ish. Again, either way for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The expression of his anger, so I I think twos are much more likely to be angry on someone else's behalf or in a you-don't-mess-with-my-family kind of way. Chewie's anger includes himself much more than a two would. Sorry, say that again. So it's like thinking like Mama Bear as as a good representation for a two's anger. Like Mm -hmm. like their anger is going to come out in a protective sense. Like you don't mess with my family. Mm-hmm. nines are going to be more angry about their own selves being messed with. Yeah. And yeah. Chewie's comes out much more about himself. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, the only other argument I suppose I have for two is he, it's again, comes from his affection. He, when, um, not that nines can't be affectionate, but the, when Han enters the cell in Jabba's palace. Chewie. Chewie, is that you? Chewie! Chewie perks up immediately, goes to Han. It's a reactive move in in that sense. Um, And is very affectionate and warm and wants to tell him all the things that have happened. Sure. That feels feels two-ish to me in that that scene. Um, The... uh, Lastly, in Force Awakens, he gets hit by the blast, you know, and uh, Finn's trying to help him. Chewie, come on! Mm. I need help with this giant hairy thing! Stop moving! You don't want to get help by somebody else. The needing to be told to stop and rest. Mm. That may be something for nines as well. But twos, I can see somebody has to tell you to stop and rest and let yourself be helped by another person. Right. Twos and nines are going to react different. Both of them probably have very similar behavior in that situation for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Because it'll be about they don't want to be focused on in that way. They don't want to to need someone else's help. That's what it is. They don't, yeah. See, the nine comes out for me on that once you say it that way. It's he doesn't want him in his space. Yeah, this is my space. Get get out of here. Yeah, and the (laughs) the two response is going to be much more. No, I'm. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm fine. Yes, that is how that would go. Okay, so in the here it's book, the two is expecting. The nine is accepting. Ooh. Actually, I don't know what accepting means. The two is going to be much more expectant of the attention, like like because twos are earning their. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. That they're. I expect the you to respond yeah. in the way that I have set myself up. Yeah, I don't know where I'd go with that one. Then. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Reads others, idolizes others. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like there's an idolization of 
his companion. Am I wrong? Does it? Is Hun elevated in his mind? No, I think he's just his best friend. So is he reading Hun's then? Do we just get these two types entirely wrong? Curitz <laughs> has it right with his, his Chewie is a six. <laughs> I don't know that I can make an argument for Chewie is a six. <laughs> I don't know. I can't either. Uh, demanding, accommodating. Oh, come on. He seems very demanding on, the, on those growls, that, yeah. that side of things. Self-important, self-effacing. This book is treating me well so far. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not self-effacing. Expresses displeasure. <laughs> Hides displeasure. <gasps> this book is yeah, so great. Displeasure. <laughs> I was so on board with, it, with him as a nine. Uh, controlling or easygoing? <laughs> controlling. <laughs> Helping or comforting? Uh, both. Focused, unfocused. Again, both. Like the the way that he sort of gives himself to his projects. Yeah. I, I think so. he's totally focused. Gives himself to his projects in terms of not focusing on all the other things. Yeah. Is that what you mean there? Strong-willed or non-assertive? Strong-willed. Engaged, disengaged. <laughs> all right. Engaged. <laughs> Involved or withdrawn? Come Involved. on. Yeah. Yeah. I was so on board with typing him as a so nine. Was I until that stupid <laughs> list. For those of you who didn't don't realize what just happened, uh, that would be yeah, we're lost. both both coming to the I conclusion. That given the book solely on that stupid list. Choose <laughs> a two. Um, all right, which brings us to Obi Wan, who you had typed as a one. I had Obi-Wan typed as a five. Yep. There is a fear and observant quality to Obi-Wan that hits me. Luke, I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader. Um, there is some motives in his relationships that come out from a place of fear. That could be ideals, but mm -hmm. um, the ability to assess potential problems is something that I think is all about this character. And in the Clone Wars cartoons, which we're not going to talk about, but he he is the detective. Well, actually, in uh, Attack of the Clones, he's the detective also. Mm. He's, I'm going to go figure out the things by mm -hmm. observing. So and there's a there's a quote in uh, New Hope. Moss Eisley Spaceport. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I suppose that's a judgmental term also. Yeah. He's observing there <laughs> as well. Um, I put his intelligence center as head triad. Fear um, seems to be most comfortable thinking through things. What do you think about intelligence center with Obi-Wan? I put him more in the, in the body center um, because he seems like he is more action-oriented than, like, like, it's, there's... There's things to do, and and like the the particular kind of judgmentalism that he di he displays, it seems like he's working really hard to control his judgmentalism a lot. Ooh, I like that. He of all things, he doesn't seem action repressed or thinking repressed. He actually f may feel be feeling repressed. <laughs> Like if I was sure. going to put my thumb on one, yeah. which would move us away from either of our uh, answers. Yeah. It would put both of us wrong. Um, the uh, observant side. That's no moon. It's a space station. The observer comes out there for me. 
You've taken your first step into a larger world. Um, looks like the Sam people did this, Luke says, about the Jawas. They didn't, but we are meant to think they did. Not that ones can't be observant and think through all the things, but... I read a lot of that as him seeing the things that are out of place. Okay. Um, so, like, that's oh, no that's moon, good. that's a space station. Yeah. Like, there's something wrong with that if mm-hmm. it's a moon. <laughs> that's good. Like, like there's, there's this whole scene, and, and, like, it is a detective, like, observer kind of, of thing, but, yeah. like, there's something wrong about this scene if this was sand people. Mm-hmm. Of all things, when the stormtroopers come. How long have you had these about three or four seasons. He's afraid because he's seven. Mm-hmm. But Obi-Wan comes in and he says, These aren't the droids you're looking for. I wanted to say he's aware of other observers, but that's also a controlling move right? <laughs> to be able to manipulate what other people think mm-hmm. for your, your ideals. And and the mission that you're on. Yeah. yeah. Stance becomes real difficult for me because oh, whether or not he's withdrawn or whether or not he's reactive is all over his... Spending twenty years on tattooing. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you want to say? On I think that um, the reactive side is all over him. Yeah, he's always reacting to the things that are happening around him. Okay, the only time that we can point to him, quote unquote, withdrawing, like the the one specific time that we can point to him withdrawing, is when he goes to tattooing after, um, and like he lives on tattooing. But he's there, like, really, he's there to keep an eye on Luke. Yeah. It's so not a withdrawal. He's react. The uh, Filoni says this in the Clone Wars, well, not Clone Wars, in Rebels, because there's some Obi-Wan stuff in Rebels, that he is guarding the most important century post in the galaxy. Right. And that's a reactive move. Right. That he understands the weight value and on the idealistic side is saying, this is the right thing to do. Right. And so I'm going to give up my life for that. He embodies the stoicism of the Jedi at, at its best. And he also, in, in Return of the Jedi in, in Empire, I think he showcases stoicism as a, at its worst. Um, and even through, shoot, I mean, stoicism is, uh, so stoicism is I'm shutting down my emotions. I'm pushing into the principles and I'm living a life without emotion, feeling, passion. Mm-hmm. They play that out. The Clone Wars does such a good job playing this out. If you haven't seen it, because um, he has a love affair and right. it's, it's really well done. But the uh, one side of this would be I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Fives would embrace stoicism. What naturally, I would think they just withdraw to withdraw. Well, I think that if if we're looking at the prequels, I think yeah. his stoicism is a a learned and practiced behavior. Okay, yeah. Whereas yeah. fives come about it naturally. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. why I said fives being fives, man. Yeah. That's the, he says to Luke in uh, one of the movies, Bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They do you credit, but they could be made to serve the Emperor. That's in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. in reference to his sister. That is a stoic moral principle offered. My take was initially, that sounds like a very five thing to do. You got to bury your emotions way down. That's very natural. But the one would be offering that as a teachable principle. Right. And as a clear acknowledgement that a person's inability to process 
their emotions before reacting to them is a huge liability. <laughs> sure. That's good. Uh, the only other thing I got on stance, I like that. That's an argument. <laughs> the only other thing I got on stance is that Luke describes Obi-Wan as a kind of a strange old hermit, mm-hmm. which would just be, if, if all you knew was that, that's a withdrawn personality. Sure. But I kn- That's behavior. And we don't know anything about how Obi-Wan was on Tatooine. Yeah. We're going to find out, apparently. Literally, all we know is that he lived there and they knew about him. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm imagining a monk living up the street from me and those two facts are literally all I know about him. Yeah. I'll think he's a little eccentric. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Coping style. Both of them are competency. Yep. Um, shut down emotions, solve, yeah. solve problems logically. I, th- I think that's pretty clear. Affect. Uh, ones are going to be idealists. Fives are going to be the rejection group. They're going to shut down their knee. Uh, what they're going Essentially, they're closing off to themselves. Yeah, to get the thing yeah, that they want. Ignoring their own needs. He, that one I could go, I feel like a, I could go either way with that. Um, the shutting, the closing off your own needs is the Jedi way. So that may not be part of his character so much as it is part of his learned behavior. Yeah. I think that this would be, I I think that's acceptable as an answer. Mm -hmm. If you say this is the man's religion. Right. He's a stoic. Right. You gotta go there. It's not going to be part of your type. Right. Necessarily. Right. It, it could be. It part could of be, his but type. you're right. So, but on the argument for five, detaching from love and charged emotion, needing privacy to discover how you feel, that's, <laughs> that is, that's, that's the natural way. Right. For a five. Right. Um, so part of my, part of my big argument for him being a one is actually his emotional relationship. And uh, his relationship with Anakin, mm-hmm. in particular, Ooh, yeah, his response when he finds out that Anakin is has gone over to the dark side. I was going to say something else there. Talk about yours. I'll talk about yeah. So, um, like he that that competency group, like shut off all emotion and go do the thing that has to get done, solve the problem objectively. Mm-hmm. That's that is what he's doing, and it's the Jedi way. Blah blah blah. And then he actually gets there and has this whole battle with Anakin. And the last thing that happens is he, like, his his emotion coming out in that moment. Yeah. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Like, it, it, he's heartbroken. Yeah. And, and there's, there's just this, like, it, you were supposed to be my brother. He reveals it and then he retreats. Yeah. That that strikes me as a five move. Oh, that strikes me as a one move. Really? Yeah. Because I don't think a five would have given that emotion away. Oh, see, I don't think that a one would be content to pause and say, oh, well, and then walk back to your spaceship. I think the anger anger would, would characterize a lot more of that response. It does. Like, that's that whole scene he's not, is he's his. Not, he's not angry enough. 
<laughs> okay, execution maybe. I'm, I'm just telling you what, what's there. That... But like his, like like Anakin tries to flip over him, and he basically cuts him in half. I have the high ground as a fairly observant uh, posture to take when, or just cons- a true statement, <laughs> considering military strategy at this moment. Yeah. Um, did you see that the the guys uh, from MythBusters did that? Uh-uh. It was like, do you if you have the high ground, does it really matter? <laughs> and, they, and they were out there with plastic swords. Awesome. <laughs> um, actually, that's worth seeing. They did a whole thing on Star Wars. Sure. It's it's hilarious. Can I you actually dodge a blaster? And yeah. They they calculated the speed of a blaster. You're like if if your reflexes oh, sure. could be, <laughs> could be awesome fast enough. <laughs> so these guys are getting tagged in the face with paintballs and <laughs> trying to hit them with lightsabers. Right. Um, yeah, the there is an opening of himself in that moment, and then a, a shutting down again. Yeah, and and the the betrayal there is is the big tell for me uh, because I think the five being a naturally more objective type person would be upset about Anakin going over to the dark side. Mm. The one would be upset about the loss of the relationship. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a good way to put that. Okay, well, my whiz-bang argument <laughs> for Obi-Wan ends up being about his balanced non- non-judgmentalism. Sure. Which, this may be his philosophy, mm-hmm. but it's certainly part of, he's the one communicating this for the sake of everybody else in terms of the balanced non-judgmental side of, yeah, I don't know, the prescriptive philosophy at hand. Sure. Um, Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. One's deal in absolutes. (laughs) And maybe that's a reaction against his own inclinations there. Mm. Only Siths deal in absolutes, I think, could be... I could see a one saying that Mm -hmm. because they know that's that's primary in their mind because they need to overcome that in themselves. But he is guided by moral principles. Maybe, shoot, I'm going to argue for ones here, aren't I? <laughs> he is judgmental of blasters. Yeah. So uncivilized. Yep. <laughs> this is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. If Qui-Gon is, you got two ones in that relationship. Yep. Early, the the young Obi-Wan in, in episode one seems like he's always really challenging, what are you doing? Are you doing the right thing mm-hmm. with Qui-Gon? Yeah. And so I could see that banter being two ones bantering. And that might make a lot of sense. Ones, I think, would be more inclined towards stoicism. Culminating moment for the character. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Play that out as a one. Play that out as a five. As a five, it would be representative of like a fully objective... My life is not the concern here. Let me tell you what's going to happen if you make the decision that you're about to make. Ooh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think that's what, that's exactly what it would be. Yeah. That's not, I think he's got more, he's got more edge. He's, right. There's some, there's more salt yes. uh, going on here. It's, it, it's a challenge. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm in control here. Yeah. But it's a reactive kind of control. Right. Go ahead and hit me. I here I know how to, uh, this is entirely how I fight fights. I yeah. want to tell people on the front 
if you do this, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And so I'm going to, I'm, you can do whatever you want, yeah. but you need to know where I'm coming from. That's it. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Or what's going to happen. <laughs> I love telling people, this is what I'm going to do if you, if you mess this up. Yeah. Like, but specifically with people I don't know. Um, it's way easier. I, yeah. I get in fights. <laughs> Ones and fives. Action or thought? I could go either way with him. I could do certain yeah. or uncertain. Certain. He seems very certain. Yeah. Convinces people, disturbs people. Convinces. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? I don't know what that means, but it seems like he's trying to disturb. So what what they're getting at there is is they um oh it's an argument. Ones are trying to convince people to their side. Yeah. Fives are trying to disrupt people out of their certainty. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, practical, impractical. Practical. I think so too. Rigid, playful. Oh, he's entirely <sighs> playful. You you can just the early early Obi Wan is entirely playful. Hello yes. there. Yes, <laughs> I agree with that. Correct, ingenious. He's got some both of those going yeah, on for me. I agree. And then again, it's the judgmental, non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. I think he is judgmental of non-judgmental people, or he's trying. He's judgmental of his own non-judgmentalness. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, discerning or confused. Discerning. Yeah, controlling, withdrawn. He seems more controlling. Yeah, you're right. going to go with me. Yeah, to Alderaan. And that would be his his body type versus his five withdrawnness. Involved or detached. Both. The I only, would lean more towards involved. I'm I'm going with the ones on the book. The one thing that hit me that was five-ish, last thing on five-ish, was when he sees the message from Leia, you're my only hope, mm-hmm. he pauses real hard and thinks about the consequences. Yeah. As opposed to he's been sitting at on this planet waiting for Luke to grow up and do his thing for a mm-hmm. long time. And maybe he's thinking about how do I convince the kid. Yeah. Yeah, that is what's going on there, and it? it's, he's thinking about how to convince the kid, and okay, this is the moment. This is my moment. <laughs> and it's also possible that he he is w- in a reactive sort of way. He already knows what he's going to do. He's waiting to see what the kid's response is. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Apparently, that whole scene got cut up and repasted and... Sure. They they changed all that. That was one of those. Uh, there's a great YouTube that is how Star Wars got saved in the editing. Mm-hmm. It's re- it's 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 wonderful. It's worth watching if you're a Star Wars fan. Sure. Um, I'm gonna go with Obi Wan is one. Cool. Join. Uh, I'm gonna join the light side of the Force. All right, well, we're going to pick up this conversation next week uh, with our final typing of these characters. So uh, it would mean the world to us if you would pause, take two seconds, and write us a brief review and give us some stars. You can find us on Instagram at Around the Circle Podcast or on Twitter. The best thing you can do to keep these shows going is share this with people that you love, especially those who love Star Wars, get into these characters like we do. Uh, If you dig our pop culture deep dives like this, you can help select our next series by going to our Patreon page, which is linked at our Twitter account, or you can just go to Patreon and search for Around the Circle. We are booked through uh, the beginning of 2020, but we are setting up events for fall 2020. 
2020 and early 2021. We do one day and two day events for up to 250 people. And we do leadership teams for up to 20. Uh, he's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Hey, TJ. Yeah. May the force be with you. And also with you. <laughs>